Welcome to Whom, an Australian podcast focused on bringing creative names to light. At Whom, we ask the real questions. That would inform what question you would ask everyone, right? I was just thinking, like, do you like cheese? (laughs) We also make sure we touch on the real issues. Get away with anything if you've got enough money, enough rock. Yeah, what's currency to them? How many hairs you got in your mane? More hairs in my mane. (laughs) But one thing's for sure. Our guests promise to open up and tell you stories all about themselves that will send you on an emotional roller coaster. From singing to teaching stand-up comedy, our guest today is sure to entertain. Releasing her next single out on Spotify in the coming weeks, please welcome to the stage, Dorothy May. Without further ado, here's your hosts, Ben, Siobhan and Ben. Thirty years when you're singing for a, like a crowd at Suncorp, they'll be like, "I read your journal, and you were gonna die." <laughs> well, we welcome Dorothy May to the podcast. Of oh, course, hi. we're gonna go straight into it because I feel like that's a really good opener. Cool, yeah. <laughs> great, fantastic. First part of the podcast, I want to die. <laughs> gonna die. And if I if I just write, I feel like dying. You know, it's a good day. It's a, okay, right. Because it hasn't become a want yet. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel that, actually. I, I feel that on a lot of levels from growing <laughs> up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do oh, you feel about that, Beth? It's so Beth? funny how, how much do I feel we about death? cope with hmm. darkness. Hmm. <laughs> it's, it, you know, hmm. let's start on that, actually, because it is crazy how people can't cope with talking about stuff like that. Oh, yeah, have, I'm going to bring it today. You're going to you bring worry. it today? Yeah. Like, I guess, you know, from knowing you the short amount of time that I've known you, it's, mm-hmm. it, it's, I know you feel the same as this. Like, people don't want to be around people that are having problems in their lives. Yeah. How do you feel? Tell us about your experiences so far. Of um, people not wanting to be around <laughs> me because I have problems. Well... <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, people, people get out pretty quick. I mean, um, hmm, what's the question? Because that's a big topic. <laughs> I feel like we need to delve deeper. Okay. I'll let you create Let's a sub, a, a sub question. <laughs> I've got to ask myself. Yeah. Yeah. You got to dive in. <sighs> so Why you, do you, people, let's get really deep straight away. Yeah. Let's not okay. even let anyone right. warm up. Mm-hmm. Why do we run from darkness? Boom, boom, boom. Why? Okay. I used to have that sound effect. I don't have that one anymore. (laughs) Any thoughts, guys? Do you have thoughts? Darkness is scary. It's true. Yeah. People people don't want to be reminded of things that make them sad or scared. Yeah. See, where we look at that... See, I took that differently because I just don't like the lights off. Like, if it's dark in a room, I'm like, I'm not not happy here. So I need literal lightness. Is that it with people as well? With people, I don't know, hey, because I'm not the lightest person myself, I guess. That's racist. Um, but I doesn't have to be. <laughs> it no. doesn't, no. But you made it. Depends how people <laughs> take it, yeah. It's all about perspective. <laughs> I don't know. Like You try to be positive, but there's always someone out there that likes to bring people down. And yeah. no matter what you do right, there's a person who thinks you're doing it wrong. Is there mm. a difference between bringing people down and just being down? Being a downer. <laughs> yeah. 
is that does that is that like there's being like, someone that brings people that's down sort of a downer? in between though isn't it is like it? Ooh, you've well got there's people, a whole scope you've got yeah there's a how delightful it's a Oh, Let's man. see if we can embody the ultimate paradox and talk about this while also uplifting people. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that's mm. not going to happen. <laughs> really? See, okay. th- that's me <laughs> being a downer. So, because hey! yeah, yeah, you've got people who bring people down, they deliberately yeah. go out there and they try to make people feel bad because they feel bad. Yeah. Um, then you've got people who are down, who are just minding their own business being sad, and sometimes people get sad for witnessing that. Right. And then there's downers who sort of sit in the middle <laughs> where they are sad and you ask them how they are and they make you feel sad but for them being sad. But then, there you go. so the downer makes you down. Yes. The downer recruits. Guys, we are. <laughs> um, the down recruits just wants to be alone. Uh, there's got to be a cult out there. Yeah. The downer <laughs> recruitment cult. The downers. Um, <laughs> Jesus. Maybe I could I didn't see it going this way, but... uh, I mean, yeah. How do you feel? (laughs) (laughs) I guess what we don't talk about are the people that... um, Or the experiences where you're down and you're down on your luck, but you actually uplift people from that place. I think I'm trying to be that, but at the same time, I'm also acknowledging the fact that there are moments where that's just not going to happen. Um... And, yeah, I guess I am going to bring people down. I think I've just realised that that can't be avoided. <laughs> so I'm not going to – why? you know, why worry? I, I think the thing is when you're taking risks and you're living life to the full and you're really going for things, you're going to fall and you're going to stumble and you're going to be down at times. Like there are just times where you're going to fall off the horse. It's just the reality. And if if we don't get comfortable with that, we just like won't take any risks and we won't ever know what we are capable of and we won't ever you know, you gotta you gotta be it's that cliche, you gotta be super down to to experience being super up. Like it's all yeah, it's all about it's how all. you I guess how you can come back from that. Yeah. Shows, exactly. shows the growth and the strength of your, your personality and how sure. you are as a person. Sure. And I mean, some people, you know, I guess um, it's easy to judge and, and, and see some people that take a long time to get back up and probably bring a lot of people down in the process. And while it's, it's easy, like while we have the inclination to see that and judge people in that space... Um, I think that what we're really just judging is ourselves. Ooh, so deep. <laughs> because we're judging that part of ourselves that, that relates and connects to that person in that place and we don't want to acknowledge it because it's too scary. So I think that, yeah. What's the pin? <laughs> I think that the more that we can just um, hold space for it, the more that says about our ability to, to rise like the phoenix. Yeah. That's going to be today's episode name. Rise, Rise like, like the, the Phoenix. Phoenix. <laughs> Fuck yeah. I guess I mean... Am I allowed to swear? Of course. Great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that stems an from... Podcast. Oh, it's an R? Sorry? It's an R-rated. Uh, MA15+. MA16. I don't know. 16. I wouldn't even know how to make something R. There's no porn. Without... <laughs> There's no porn. Without <laughs> assaulting myself. Um, anyway. What's the requirement for R-rated films and TV? Yeah, not much these days. Internal I think shame. I, think I don't it, know. <laughs> I think it's nudity. I would think that that would be uh, like the main thing. You see nudity in PG yeah. now. What? M, yeah. 
No yeah. shit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> R, is, R must be like a literal beheading on the movie. Yeah, like, yeah. This would, person, yeah. You, you're being cast, but you will die. Like, oh. I think that would be R. Uh, uh, <laughs> how many movies have there been where people have actually died? Ooh, Question for the audience. Actually. Oh, that's dark. I know an answer to that one, so we'll see if you know one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Let's all guess. This is not within my scope. It was actually recent too. Is this how many movies and TV shows that people have died accidentally or been cast to die? Yeah, definitely an accident. Yeah, okay, good. But it was from that uh, one of those prop guns. Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah, heard about, that. about that, where he fired the prop gun and even though you shoot nothing out, the impact from the air that came out of it killed someone. Yeah, Brutal. Mm. I yeah. think that's happened a few times, to be honest. But the show must go on. <laughs> yep. He's only a crew member. It doesn't matter. <laughs> so, yeah, <sighs> tell us um, tell us about, I guess, growing up. Um, growing tell, up. Yeah, so where, where are you from? <laughs> are you from Brisbane? Do you guys all want to get depressed today? Uh. Ah, no. <laughs> no. Um, uh, I mean, the initial thing that I think of when people say growing up, I think of the tough stuff because... People don't really ever want to hear about it. <laughs> um, lol. But, yes, no, I'm not from Brisbane. Mm-hmm. I am from Victoria. Whereabouts? A country town called Nagambi. Um, and it's got a lake and a bunch of wineries. Nice, nice. Which I didn't drink at when I was a child. Are you sure? <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I wish I did. I wish I was drunk <laughs> for that. But, um, no, uh, yeah, my childhood was just, you know, uh, um, it was a mixture of things that people talk about and things that people don't talk about. I um, I guess I'll just be comfortable in the vulnerability for the people out there that relate for their sake. Um, and I, yeah, I experienced uh, physical abuse as a child from my father and I was just terrified of my mother. So it, was, it wasn't a great time. Um, it was pretty like unstable kind of upbringing. But also at the same time, um, there was a lot of like light and joy in my life. Like I had extended family that were like a lot of fun and really silly and ridiculous and um I got to do lovely things growing up, like go camping, and I um I love singing, dancing, and acting, and I was always supported in that. So I always was able to go to, um, you know, dance class, be in theatre shows, and things like that. And went to a good high school and got to do all the stuff that I love. Got to like never go to class because I just would always skip class essentially to do theatre practice. <laughs> And when the Mood. teachers were like, why are you never in math? I was like, I'm going to sing, dance and act for a living. I don't need to do sums. <laughs> Turns out it was, it's helpful. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we have calculators, so we proceed. But, um, yeah, no, so that's just kind of like a pretty general wrap of childhood. How about you guys? <laughs> it's not yeah. about us. No, 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 no. You know, reverse. Card. Oh, I'm from Melbourne. This is the reverse, Dorothy Uno May reverse. show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Uno reverse. Yeah, I was born in Sydney, but grew up here basically from when I was three. So, oh. mm. yeah, uh, I would say my childhood is quite uneventful, to be honest. Yeah, which I guess is a good thing. I'm from Lilydale in Melbourne. Lilydale. Lilydale. At the end of the Lilydale line is when oh. people ask, where's Lilydale? Cute. End of the Lilydale line. Yeah. There you go. Nice. That's, that's lovely, ain't it? 
Right. Um, <laughs> would you be willing to go into a bit more detail about how it was, well, why you were terrified of your mother? Or <laughs> I feel really bad, for that? hey. Oh. Like I, oh, you know, I'm always, <laughs> I'm always thinking about, well, no, I'm not always thinking, but, you know, people are naturally curious about these things. Um, and I'm always healing and growing every year that passes as an adult life hands me lessons <laughs> and asks me to to embrace more forgiveness and understanding and and have a wider broader perspective on things and I think that um yeah I think so now I'm trying to learn how to talk about things in a way that's really kind and compassionate to other people but also myself um and the repercussions of being honest and also keeping in mind that um um it's just like classic like hurt people hurt people so um yeah I think but at the same time I think it's also important to be honest and just you know mention and just make a note of things that don't that you know cause suffering because that's important to be honest in the world right like if we all just walk around pretending like everything's fine then no one's a lighthouse for anybody that's struggling. And I think that when I was um, a young woman, like <laughs> now I'm 90, I'm not quite <laughs> there yet. Um, when I was in my <laughs> early 20s and I was going through it and I was just about to run away and go from Vic to Byron, um, I, yeah, I really struggled because I just realised f- how alone I felt in the world because people didn't talk about real issues like this. And so it made it really hard to kind of be anywhere with other people because I felt like I was putting on a mask and not talking about what was really going on under the surface, um, which I guess is good in a sense because um, – you know, you don't have to talk about your issues, but I think that when you're in the thick of it and you're like isolated and lonely and struggling and you feel like you can't talk to anyone, I think it's really dangerous. So, you know, I try to, I've kind of made myself the promise since then to just always be honest enough that other people know that they're not alone. Um, Because I think if we all did that, you know, we'd be probably, probably be better off and there'd probably be less people that would, um, hurt themselves or you know kind of give up on themselves so yeah I mean that being said I won't really go into too much detail but my and you know there's a lot of I feel like with my parents there's a lot of details that I don't know about them and people are the way that they are for a reason they kept a lot of things hidden from me so I don't really know all of the trauma that they went through that made them who they are um, so I can't really comment on some of that compassionately I can just say that yeah hurt people hurt people and I've learned to accept that that's that's sort of why my childhood was the way that it was um and and it's also tricky because um when you go through like um a rocky kind of childhood um it's it's unfair to only speak the narrative of things being awful because the reality is there was many times whether for selfish reasons or selfless reasons like my parents did wonderful things for me so um yeah 
It's tricky, but like, you know, I think we all feel more comfortable like breaking things up in life into good and bad um, because it it almost just feels simpler or something. Like we can mm. just be like, oh, this is, you know, yeah. And it, it, it just oversimplifies, but what it doesn't do is it, it can kind of, it means that we carry those wounds and we can't evolve past them if we start like categorizing things as good and bad. And um, in in my situation, I have a little bit of privacy thanks to the fact that I've legally changed my name so I can kind of talk about yeah, right. um, my situation without um, directly linking people <laughs> to mm. the people that I'm talking yeah. about, okay. which is good. <laughs> um, although um, my close network would know who that is that I'm speaking of. But um, so I, I, I'm really glad for that sense of privacy um, and that offers me a little bit more freedom. Um, and, you know, I as an adult I had to deal with some of the repercussions to um, being physically abused and realising that there are other people um, that had also been harmed and that there was still an ongoing threat to to more young people. And so I kind of was handed this big, heavy, weighted decision where I had to go, do I just move on with my life and go, yay, I got out, I'm free, or do I um, – take responsibility for the fact that I've been through something I've I have important information and I need to take appropriate steps to help protect other people because that's what I wanted for myself and it didn't happen and so I, I pursued a legal process um, went to had to go through the court proceedings and all of that and um, uh, my biological father was put in jail for five years um, and uh it's interesting because we're coming to the close of that time for him and like I've been doing a lot of healing work on myself all of this time and I've thought about it more and more deeply as life hands me lessons and I'm really interested and intrigued in exploring restorative justice more because I don't know what like I don't know what we really have access to in this country in terms of restorative justice but I think that there's got to be a better like punitive um, system that helps protect people that are vulnerable but also looks at an overarching more healing way of Mm. moving through these things because for a lot of years it was really really it left a real um, wound in me to know that I, I that my my part in everything meant that my father was put in jail. And it's just, regardless of who your parents are, yeah. like it's not something that any <laughs> child wants to have to you, hold. You just have to sort of yeah. balance up what we, what's better for you, the fact that he yeah. was in there or the yeah. fact that he was free to yeah. continue doing what he was doing, you know? Yeah, and ultimately for me it was just like I didn't – I knew that I'd be really – like I wouldn't have peace if I didn't do anything. Yeah. Like I would be really worried always about like other people and I just wanted to properly like <laughs> feel like I had a sense of closure to the situation. Um, but, yeah, that's, cool. I hope that that's satisfactory. <laughs> <laughs> I also love comedy because it helps me alleviate the tension once I've shared super vulnerable things. <laughs> uh, well, let's – um. Switch it up then. Let's yeah. talk a bit more about um, the lighter side of life, comedy. Yeah. <laughs> um, how'd you get into that? And um. um, 
Well, probably everything that I've been through has led me to comedy because I just needed to find a way to release, like once again, release the tension. And uh, um, laughing is just so good for your well-being and uh, for, yeah, inheriting a sense of joy and connecting with people and being silly is the best. Yeah. <laughs> We've heard that a few times actually on our podcast. Yeah, uh, that's good. Transform their, you know, their biggest traumas mm-hmm. into a story that's comedic mm. to sort of shed light on that <laughs> dark situation. <laughs> I tried doing that with a clown show, um, and I accidentally flashed a nipple, and my friend was like, "I just thought that was a part of the show." <laughs> it's like, no, no, that's <laughs> that the, was uh, a costume malfunction. <laughs> but I'm glad it fit into the larger scheme of. Whatever I was trying to do. I was a caterpillar that became a butterfly. So It oh. wasn't a great show. I ate some lettuce. It was weird. Was that part of the was it part of the <laughs> what's the a bug life? Or is that <laughs> a bug's life? It was actually a bug's life. There you go. I think I took uh. some inspiration from that. <laughs> that would have been a way better show title. A bug's life. What was the what was <laughs> the show title? Um Oh, that's how good it was. I can't even remember. I don't know. Oh, I can fly. That's what I it can was fly. Called. Right. Oh, it was a really bad show, but thanks to everyone for paying for tickets. <laughs> <laughs> now the uh, the humor experiment. So this is your own project that you've started. Yeah. To try to train people on to how to bring hey, out their funny side. Try to train well, people successfully. I don't like that marketing <laughs> language. <laughs> <laughs> to successfully train successfully. People. So tell us why did you start that and how's it been going? Yeah. Um, I started that because I did a lot of um, – I was doing a lot of random stand-up comedy in the open mic scene in Brisbane because um, I was really fascinated at this art form. I came from a really formal musical theatre background and then when I saw like the freedom and liberation of stand-up comedy and how you just kind of like get up and just vomit out whatever you're thinking and, you know, try and get people to laugh, uh, I just thought it was so cool. Um, I thought it was really – what's the word? Nah, I don't have it. I don't have the word. I'll think of it later. I thought it was really cool. And then, but what I noticed in the scene was um, at the time, I think I was, I was probably a lot more vulnerable than I am now. I'm a bit more of a boss bitch now, but at the time I, I just experienced a bit more like misogyny and like challenges being a woman in the space and um, it just pissed me off. So (laughs) I was like, okay, I really love comedy, but I want to go about this in another way. Um, And then I ended up coming up with this business idea and it was really about me creating an opportunity to really open up play and humour and discover the origins of humour, where it comes from in a really physically engaged in a child playful way and with other adults and then I managed to use that as a starting point for building this business into what eventually ended up becoming stand-up comedy and then teaching stand-up comedy and I love it. It's so fun. I love working with people. I love breaking down um, the universal comedic devices to make them like simple and um, understood so that other people can take that and discover their unique voice and what they want to say in the world and apply it and just be rad. Be rad. Yeah. Be rad. Nice. <laughs> 
Be rad. It's my rap name. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, did we want to touch on any of the talking points you had in secret mm. there? So I thought I'd co-op <coughs> this podcast and yep. I put down some uh, talking points. I don't know how good they'll be. And I don't really know what you're going for with this, but hopefully your audience will. I love it. Um, oh, my gosh. So in the last couple of days, guys, story Tell time. Us. Show and tell. <laughs> so this is my book. I write all of my darkest deepest secrets in it and no one's allowed to read it and if i die do not read it <laughs> don't you don't want to know what's inside dibs you really don't now i really do this <laughs> <You really laughs> is like that total <laughs> reverse psychology yeah yeah, she's yeah. Right now. does she actually want us to read it? no it's actually <laughs> awful um but anyway moving on because you gotta you gotta you gotta detox through the page anyway it'd be like going through the garbage yeah right yeah. okay okay so Something I've been thinking about the last couple of days that I've been obsessed with and when I get my podcast going again, I might even delve deeper into this discussion. But um, it's about the masculine. I'm fascinated with the masculine and the feminine and the balance in the world. And I really – you know when people talk about like toxic masculinity and then recently I've heard someone talk about toxic femininity. Femininity. Yeah, that's the one. It's like Nemo saying (laughs) where he's from. (laughs) And and (laughs) Eminemony. And, you know, and just when I – so many thoughts. When I look at the world at the moment and a lot of the destruction and corruption, I feel like a lot of it – my theory is a lot of it comes from the imbalance of the feminine and masculine. And I don't know. I've just – I work with clients as well in terms of um, EFT healing. So we do tapping. Um, which is really cool and I help people move through their fears and their challenges and their blocks to thrive. Boom. I need to bet. Just get it out. Get it out of there. It's a lingerer. No cutting, no burps. I've got to include the burps now. <laughs> I'll sing through it. No. <laughs> um, it could happen at any minute. I'm sorry. Uh, Just make it worthwhile. <laughs> so, That's all we ask. So <laughs> make a statement. Um, so yeah, what I'm just really fascinated about is how we bring those things into balance when it's like the individual, but also in communities and in workspaces, um, in countries, like in, in how we run the world, how we can, um, improve the balance of the feminine and masculine. And I think like a lot of our problems come from the struggle of fighting both, like fighting against it, each other in that sense. And um, and then overpowering each other in each space, and I just I think it's fascinating. Um, and I, I, this sort of came up because I was working with a client yesterday, and we were talking about how she can kind of move through a new space. She's just recently divorced. Um, when I say recent, like in the last year, that shit takes time. Apparently, Ooh. Um, I feel for her. And you know, in in separating um, with her partner, I found like in talking about things, we discovered that there was like a lack of the masculine energy now and like that struggle for her to move forward because I think when when relationships work really well, people often find that balance with each other um, and sometimes that means someone assumes more of a masculine role and vice versa other times people have that balance and they just they come together 
whatever. But we noticed that there's like less of a masculine energy in her life right now. And so we were talking about how she can embody that more for herself so that she can move forward the way she's wanting to. Um, And I thought that it's just recently, you know, today I've just felt this burning message to get out to the world to like young women in particular to find spaces where they can harness their masculine because I think that that's really important. And I think that if women can't learn how to do that, it's hard for us to find our personal power in the world. And that's when we can kind of look to men in our life to fill that for us. And um, that can be great for a time, but I think that we, we get frustrated because we're like, we want to we want to learn that for ourselves. We want to be able to embody that for ourselves. And um, so we were talking about how she can make space for that and what that looks like. And I think being able to be in your masculine energy, like a really great way to do that as a woman is to, you know, start something, whether it's a community venture or a business venture, a space that you can lead. Um, yeah. And you can be, you know, in that lead leadership position um, for other people. And, you know, that's that's kind of the best way to do it, I've found. Um, so, yeah. Any thoughts? Yeah. Um, <laughs> After that TED Talk, you're welcome. <laughs> uh, do you think it's as important for the opposite, for yeah. men to to find their feminine femininity? Yeah. I was totally – I'm so glad you asked that because, like, now I want to – spin the table to you guys because i'd love to find out um your thoughts on that and and if you you know if you feel that there's some truth in that like where you do find space to um embody the feminine in your life because i feel like for men it's a challenge in the opposite i feel like it is it is a lot harder um yeah personally i'm not even quite a hundred percent sure what um femininity means for a lot of men. men. Yeah. Oh, oh it's getting juicy. <laughs> oh, like, let's go digging, guys. I think it's um, the femininity side is being able to open up, which a lot of men can't do. Yeah, okay. So, like, the so, emotional vulnerability. Yeah. I think emotional um, vulnerability, even though it shouldn't be, it's majority ma- – I can't even word that correctly, but it's found more in women than it is men mm. because men have to be masculine. We can't be like, I'm hurt, I'm sad. Yeah. Because people will be like, harden up. Like, I'm, you're yeah. Yeah. I'm a stone. Yeah. Softness. Whereas if a girl was like, I'm strong, then the rest of the world's going to be like, why? sit down. Like, yeah. Why are you strong? Like, yeah. 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 And it shouldn't be that way. So it certainly shouldn't be, but it, that's reality right now and we need to change. Hmm. Yeah. I want to like barge in because my <laughs> feminine is like, yeah, I'm woman. Um, but I'm going to sit back because I, you know, no, that's I, fair. I, I can be in the masculine. I want to hold space for you guys to be in your yin. Well, what we need to do anyway, because uh, mm. of course we, we need to find out you're here today as well to show us one of your very special skills. Ooh la la. So one of your party tricks. <laughs> oh no. What was it? Oh yeah. <laughs> I forgot what it was. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, so we're, we're going to hear, I guess, it's going to sound like there's a DJ in the studio today. Is All that right. what's going on? DJ. One, two, three. Nice. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> if we're going to add, add that in when you sing for us, that'd be great. Do you and know how long it took me as like a 16-year-old to learn how to go? <laughs> like a few months. Too, too long. Too long. I, f- I actually don't know. <laughs> was that like 
You were just focusing just, on that. You just woke up one day. I want to make it DJ. Yeah, I got sick of being boring and I was like, what could I do to mix things up? I'm going to make people laugh by making the sound of a turntable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can do the arm too. Oh, yeah. you got to add the arm with it. Yeah. <laughs> Give us your best wow, wow in the comments. Now, look, it did take me six months. So, so don't get it low. straight away. Yeah. 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 Otherwise, I'll be pissed. Yeah. Don't nail it. Don't nail it. This is hard work. All right, so uh, we'll go. Oh, what? Oh, Yeah. But I'm more of a awa awa fan. Like, uh, whereas Ben's more of a. Oh, uh, uh, what? You're more. I, I got it here, man. Uh, <laughs> go on. Can I get a. <laughs> Where's the button? Press the button. Oh, that sounds pornographic. Hoi. All right, boys, we got him. <laughs> Today, for your special talent, um, yes. you've got a song for us. I do. Yes, and we've, we've just named it, just now. Yeah. Um, it, it might change. We don't know. Um, but <laughs> for now, possible. we are running with uh, <coughs> the name Hotter Than. A mm-hmm. uh, bit of a saucy tune for you guys to... I'm keen it. to find out hotter than what? Hotter than what? Mm. Hotter than what? You guys hot. might learn something. Yeah. All right. we're, we're about to find out. So Our amazing artist. Uh, plenty of songs on Spotify already, but plenty more to come. Dorothy May, take it away. Make me feel like a star You're north I want to feel like I'm the heat To your flame Oh, tell me Would you fight the patriarchy with me? Cause if you would, oh boy, I'm gonna love you so good, so good. Nothing gets me harder than a man with nothing to say. Nothing gets me wilder than a man who's listening, yeah. Never know how much I love you mm. Never know how much I care When you put your arms around me And say equal rights and pay is fair You give me fever mm. And you make me sweat And you make me, make me, make me, make me, make me. Mm, Nothing gets me harder than a man with nothing to say. (laughs) Nothing gets me wilder than a man who's listening, Nothing gets me harder than a man with fire in his eyes. Nothing gets me wilder than a man who 
takes my advice. Wow, amazing. <laughs> amazing. I actually cut that short. I left the bridge out because I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah, so when did you write <laughs> when did you write that song? Um, I wrote that song uh, for a an event called a, a po- poetic erotica. And they and I was like, oh my God, erotic? What the hell do I do? <laughs> and then so it forced me to like ask myself, what is erotic to me? Like what is sensual, what is sexual to me? And I've been oh, I feel like my sexuality is always changing and evolving. And what we're prescribed as women to be desirable is not at all what's desirable for me. So I thought it was a really exciting opportunity to actually like think about (laughs) and feel about what makes me like wild for men. And it turns out listening is bloody sexy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. There you Mm -hmm. go. Saying listen nothing up, at all. Boys. Yeah. yeah, listen, listen up. Listen up. Don't say anything. <laughs> Never talk again. No, and like obviously, you know, it's not like I hope that people enjoy that song for what it is. That it's not like you're never allowed to speak. It's just like I just think it's that feeling of like in those important moments, the ability to just like just be quiet and be still and, like, take things in as opposed to just barraging and just making a lot of noise, you know. And I think it goes for men and women, but, you know, I find that really attractive when um, people have the ability to to just... Active listen. Yeah. They train you that in workplace. Yeah. Hey. Active listening, <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, uh, last question, of course, mm-hmm. before we let you go. Thank you again for being our guest today. Oh, thanks for having me, guys. Now, what's your favourite colour? Pink. Pink. <laughs> I really want to ask why. <laughs> I mean, it's beautiful. It's, it's feminine. Be- it's soft. It's lovely. <laughs> it's the colour of roses. I feel like you need a bit more masculinity of colours in your life. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> nah, pink is a manly colour. Yeah, yeah. It, it's all... Salmon, salmon, isn't it? <laughs> it's all fluid, man. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I just I f- oh, man. No, I love, I love the feminine. I love it all. I love the masculine. I love the feminine. <laughs> actually, one of my other songs is called. Um, no, actually, one of the lyrics is in it is um, I want your feminine. I want your masculine, and it's just like it's all about the. You know, I want all of people. I don't. I think, yeah, enough of this like. Partitioning. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Need need I say more? No, I'm just going to listen. Thanks for listening in. Head over to our Facebook or Instagram at Whom Podcast for highlights and more. See you all next week with another amazing guest.